Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living.
Wow, I like that, uh, that song. Can we give them a hand again? John Denver. John Denver. I like John Denver. Like an eagle. Hmm. You know, when I saw the eagle flying, well, it's not up there now, but when I saw the eagle flying, uh, sometimes I feel that way, and I'm feeling that way today. I'm feeling uh, like, like I'm soaring, you know? And, and, but in a way that I have to bring myself down and ground myself so that I can share what God has to share. <laughs> so I was listening to this cute little joke. Um, I want to start off with a cute little joke. I was listening to this cute little joke, and every time I hear one, I get excited to share it. And so uh, this one I heard Joyce Meyer say. It's kind of cute. And bear with me as I say it. So this, uh, this husband and wife were talking, and they were deciding that she needed to stop spending so much money. <laughs> and, he, and she committed. She said, okay, I will, I will not spend any more money. I will not. But I still have to go pick up this item that I ordered at Macy's. I'm saying Macy's. I don't know what store it was. And so she went in there, and she, you know, she went and she went right up to the counter, and she was so happy with herself because she didn't even sit the, stand to browse. She didn't go through anywhere to browse. You know, you walk through and you browse and you get tempted. She didn't. She got right up to the counter, picked up her order, and she turned and saw this beautiful dress on a mannequin. It's like, I can try it on. What harm in that? So she tried it on, and it looked so beautiful, and she's looking at it, she's looking all around, and it looks so gorgeous. She ended up buying it. So she came home, and she was trying to hide it from her husband, but he saw the bag, and he's like, what did you get? And she was like, I got this beautiful dress. I, I tried it on, and it was so pretty. He said, yeah, but when you tried it on, you should have said, Satan, get thee behind me. And she said, I did, but he said it looked better in the back than it did in the front. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. Oh, man, I thought that was so cute. <laughs> and how many of us are that way? We like how it looks and we'll buy it because it looks good on us. So anyway, I, I, uh, I thought that was really cute. Today is a, a really deep day for me. I'm talking, the title of my talk is Your Strength Lies in Your Story. Well, in your life, actually. And as I, you know, this isn't just willy-nilly how my titles come, how God brings them to me, the title of my talks. I live it. I, I'm, I'm actually living it, right? And so February, I mean, um, January usually starts off with faith, and that's Peter. And we talked about faith a lot last month, and we know that that's the beginning is Peter. And... February at a lot of churches is usually love. Is it, do you guys have love here or is it strength? It does it love. Well, I was telling Michael that I really want to talk about strength because in the original, when Charles and Merle Fillmore started it off, and if you look at it in the way they set it up, strength is next. And it's, and it's for a reason. It's for a reason. Because when you, in order to truly walk in faith, you got to have some spiritual strength. You really do. Charles Fillmore says that strength, and he, of course, we know, is the co-founder of Unity, along with his wife, Myrtle Fillmore. Charles Fillmore said that strength is the energy of God. 
When you stay rooted in the energy of God and you walk in the energy of God, that keeps you rooted in faith. They go hand in hand. This is the second thing. Peter is faith. Andrew is strength. They're brothers. They're linked together. So you use the two. You can use the two of them together. There is a scripture that says faith without works is not, does not work. Well, that's, I say it that way. I'm ad-libbing it. But you have to be in faith, and you have to walk in strength. But it's not easy. It is not easy. It's not easy to stay in faith when things are going on around you that's like, what in the world? And when you get caught up in your emotions, and I am a pretty emotional person, so I can get caught up in my emotions pretty quickly. But when you're rooted, which is what strength is, even when you're caught up in your emotions, you still walk by truth. Okay? The other thing that Charles Fillmore says about strength, and then we'll get into this, is that strength is physical, mental, and spiritual. However, all strength originates in spirit. All strength originates in spirit. No matter how strong you are physically, it originated in spirit. And then through spirit, it goes into your thinking, and from your thinking, it goes into your body. It's threefold. We are threefold. He goes on to say the thought and the word spiritually expressed being the manifestation is how you bring strength into, into manifestation in your life. You walk in it, you, you think it, and then you speak it, which is the word, and then you be it. Oh, God has been working me. Oh, okay, so the scripture that I have been working with is where Jesus is preparing. It's in John, is, uh, chapter 16. And now Jesus is preparing his disciples for when he's going to go through his crucifixion. Isn't it nice when someone can prepare you for when they're going to transition? There are some times when people have transitioned in our life or left our life and haven't to- prepared us for it or God didn't prepare us for it. And that loss can be difficult. It shakes you because you don't have any type of closure, right? Well, here Jesus is telling them. He, so he tells them about all of the things that are going to happen. And then he says, and this is in uh, John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me, well, let me, I'm, I'm going to read that one and then I'll read the, this is the King James version that's very popular. I always I often say that first, and then I go into the New Living Translation one, because people usually know the King James one. So let me finish that. Let me redo it. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Have you heard that before? Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world? Yeah. I have too. And I like what it says in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation, and I love reading the word from the word. The New Living Translation says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, when you're thinking about what does Jesus mean here? Seriously, I've overcome the world. Of course, Jesus, you overcame the world. You're the you know, begotten son of God and you know, you are a master and all of this, but okay, so you've become, you've overcome the world, you healed people, you've raised the dead, you've healed the blind, you've healed the lepers, 
So how can I be of good cheer? And how am I going to overcome the world? Well, I'm not where you are. Like you think about that, you know? How are you going to overcome the world? So I'm meditating on that. And I'm meditating on that. And I'm going to give you the exercise God gave me. God told me when I was meditating to remember back on your life, on all of the times that you did, that you feel like you overcame. So think for a second on all those moments that you feel like you've overcome. You've gone through some things, trials, tribulations, sorrows, and you overcame. Didn't that feel good? You felt strong in it, right? Because you overcame it, right? Now close your eyes for a second. And think about those moments that are still there. Those moments where there might still be pain or insecurity or some type of hurt or some type of something that's not a closure there. That feels weak, right? Doesn't feel so good. That is the world that Jesus overcame. It is that area in our lives where we feel weakness, where we feel insecure, where we feel like I, had, I grew up a lot of my life feeling very insecure, and it stopped me from moving forward in things. It took me a long time to get up and speak because I was afraid of speaking in public. That's a weakness because it stopped me from moving forward in my life. Those things that go on in our mind, that's your inner world that needs to be overcome so you can move forward in your life. Now, there's two, there's a, the, God go, kept going deeper and deeper on that. Okay, so when you look back on your life, the moments that you felt you overcame, you felt strength. But then when you look back on your life, and remember, there's still some parts in you that are hurting, that's the weakness. There's your opportunity for spiritual strength. So your strength lies in your life, what you've lived thus far. But let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. What is animating you right now is the presence of God, right? That is life as well. That is life. So when you take the presence of God, which is your power, and you tap into that in the weaknesses in your mental, your emotional, your feeling life, you've tapped into your spiritual truth. You've tapped into your spiritual power. You've tapped into your spiritual strength. Think about those things where you knew you could do it and you were confident. You felt strong, right? Yes? And in the moments that you, I'm not sure about that, and there's doubt there that creeps up, and then unbelief creeps up, and that worry creeps up, and anxiety creeps up, and things that you, all these things that you, that are stopping you, you don't feel so strong in those moments, do you? Not even to move forward in what you want to do, right? That's your life. That is your life. Right there, that's your life. It's what you're living in that moment. But the other part is, that's the presence of God, too, in there. And in those moments, you're choosing not to use the presence of God, which is your life, the spiritual essence of you, to tap into your strength. Isn't that powerful? It's powerful. So so Charles Fillmore uses the affirmation, God is my strength. I say, almighty God, almighty God. Almighty God, when I was going through the things with my sister, I stayed strong on the outside. But it's because I had to keep getting in deeper and deeper on the inside with God. Almighty God, 
Almighty God. I'm watching her slip away. I'm, when I got laid off, I'm like, how am I going to do this? A couple years ago, I got laid off on this job. I thought I really liked I didn't really like it. <laughs> Let's just be real. I got tired of retail management, and I was complaining and fussing about it. And God said, okay, well, we know that you, your time is up here, and took the whole store away and laid me off. Watch what you say, especially out loud, and especially if you're complaining, because God will take it literally, and you will get what you ask for, and sometimes it's sooner than you ask for it to happen, (laughs) because it sure was sooner than I expected it to happen. I was like, I wasn't ready for that yet. But see, that was the moment that I hadn't prepared. I hadn't been prepared. In our lives, we're going to have tribulation and sorrow, and we will not always be prepared for it. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes, most of the time, we are not prepared for it. That's why it's called a trial and a tribulation. Because you're not prepared for it, and it tries you. And it pushes you, and it strengthens you. You ever heard the saying, that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger? I don't believe that. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I don't believe that either. I've had a lot of names that hurt me. Deeper than the sticks and stones. You know, you're playing with the sticks and stones and you accidentally really stab somebody with it. And then I got a couple times accidentally stabbed with stuff from my family, you know being overbearing big sister sometimes, and they took it out on me. But That hurt me more than some of the words, but most of the time, when you have a deep emotional and mental hurt, that goes deeper than any bone. Because when your bone is broken, it mends stronger than it was before it was even broken. But when you're walking around with these hurts in yourself, it breaks you down, breaks you down, breaks you down, Right? But the thing is, the way it makes you stronger is when you tap into it and actually deal with it. Are there anyone, is there anyone in here who still needs to deal with some things? Me too. That's why my hand is raised. Me too. I was going to be up here by myself, but I'm telling the truth. The truth shall set you free. Okay, so that is the part of your life where the strength lies, because there's an opportunity to move deeper in it. Now, the beautiful thing about how it makes you stronger, like even when a bone is mended and 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 it's stronger, and the reason why it hurts so much when a bone is mending is because the parts are coming together and coming together and getting stronger and stronger. And that process hurts. That process hurts. And sometimes going through healing emotional and mental Wounds can hurt, too. So let me give you an example. When my second ex-husband and I divorced, I had a lot of resentment against his mother. I did. I didn't like the way she handled it. I just, she just was all up in the business, and I felt it was her fault we divorced because she was all, you ever had, a, had what you thought was a meddling mother-in-law? I did. And, and, and I, I just was really angry with her and upset about that, right? 
So through the years, I had forgiven him and gone through that. But as I was going through this, I started thinking about him again, my ex-husband. And then I started thinking about her. And I was like, I haven't heard from her when my, mom, when my sister passed. I thought I was important to her, you know, because we had a close relationship, I thought. And it hurt my feelings when I was thinking about it, that she hadn't even said nothing, you know. I know you may hate me, but I'm still sorry for your loss, something like that, you know. (laughs) Nothing. No, seriously, I mean, I would. I'd say I'm still sorry for your loss. You may hate me, but I'm still sorry for, because that's something that, that's a deep hurt. So that made me hurt even deeper. When I thought about it, it just crossed my mind. Because I was like, God, what is nagging me all this time? I've gone into a lot. I've gone into my life. I've gone into those hurts. Oh, that's the one that's hurting me. So I get a message from her yesterday saying, I recently heard about the loss of your sister. I'm so sorry. My condolences and prayers. By the way, I'm moving. And I was wondering if your brother still does trash house. Because if he does, can you give me his information? Now, that rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, really, it did rub me the wrong way. And I was glad that I saw that after I left church. Because the words that came, they wanted to come out of my mouth, bleep, 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 came up and almost came out. But they didn't. So I called my girlfriend, who I had been telling her, I'm thinking about um, my ex-husband's mother. I'm thinking about him. Why am I thinking about this? See, God was preparing me. Because I'm working on your strength lies in your life. And I'm looking at these areas in my life where there's opportunity to go into a spiritual, deeper area of strength, right? And I'm like, okay, well, this is the inner world. So where in my inner world do I need to strengthen and move into Christ, into the Christ strength, right? God is my strength, right? So I'm like talking to her all this weekend. So when that happened, I called her. How come people don't answer the phone when you need them? She didn't answer the phone. I'm like, okay, I'll call my good old friend Deidre. She didn't answer the phone either. So I called my dad, and I told him about it, and he goes, well, you know what I always say? And I'm like, Daddy, you say a lot of things. What particularly do you mean right now, specifically? He was like, you always have to forgive anyway. You always have to forgive anyway. Because if she was coming from the area where you thought she was coming from, she's created that opportunity to get something back that's going to hurt her. So you always have to come from a place of love. And I'm ad-libbing it because my dad has the gift of gab. When we were little and he would lecture us, we would say, I should have taken a spanking. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Daddy, are you almost done? No, and then this is, oh, God. Here, give me a spanking. I'll do it for you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know I'm silly. <laughs> I'm just silly, I know. I get it from him. Anyway, so I called up my, um, my, uh, my sister, my ex-sister-in-law. I still call her my sister-in-law. I was telling her, you know what? I really appreciate, because she honestly sent me, I really am sorry about Sandy. If you need to talk or anything. Now, she and I have kept this relationship going. And I said, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that you were really genuinely there. Now, let me tell you what your mama did. And she was like, ooh, I can understand. I said, and that rubbed me the wrong way. She's like, I can understand how that rubbed you the wrong way. So she said, 
but, and I was like, I just needed to tell you this before I went out because I was going out, but I still, I was going out to eat, but I still had it on my head and I, my mind and I had to clear it, you know? And she and I used to have that talk. Let me tell you what, what my mama did. And I would say, yeah, let me tell you what your mama did, you know? So it was like back like old times, you know? So anyway, I got it off. I thought I got it off my chest later on that evening. What I responded back was, um, thank you for your prayers and condolences. I deeply miss my sister, Sandy, and I said, no, John is not doing the trash house anymore. I said, I really hope your relocation goes well. Now, I'm being loving, right? And I hope you enjoy Florida. That's where she's supposed to be moving to. I'm being loving, but I wasn't being loving. Because when I said thank you for your prayers and condolences, I was lying. But you say that to be politically correct because you're supposed to be loving. I was smoothing over it and creating a deeper hurt. It was not resolved. So later on, when I, got, when I really pondered what was bothering me, I sent her another message saying that I was not sincere when I said thank you. I was sincere about the other pieces, but it really hurt my feelings because I thought you were telling me thank you, you know, the condolences and prayers because you wanted something from me. Long story short, she said that's not at all what happened. Here's my phone number. Can you call me? And I did. And I healed that wound. And I tapped into God all the way through it. Because I was crying. That hurt. She was like a second mom when my mom passed. That hurt deeply. But God is my strength. That was part of my life that there was an opportunity to tap into spiritual strength. And I took it. I took the life of God, the spirit of God, and I tapped into it to heal that area of my life. Now I'm walking stronger in that area of my life. You cannot, you cannot teach it, honestly, if you're not being it, honestly. I cannot get up here and talk or talk to you guys if I'm not living it, honestly. Every single thing that I tell you when I get up here, I live it. Sometimes it's not the best. Like, God, really? I got to live that? Can we pass that over? But it wasn't right. I told her, instant, I... I respect life. Life is too precious to be insincere. You dishonor your life and the other person's life when you're being insincere. And I confessed I still love you to her, because I do. And it healed that. Where in your lives is there a deep root or hurt or something you need to move on, something you're not doing because of an anxiety or worry or concern? What is holding you back from some spot in your life? I promise you that's an opportunity to use God as your spiritual strength and tap into who you are and be it stronger. And I promise you when you walk out of it, you will be stronger than you were when you went in, even when it's scary and terrifying. And it was for me because I cried for about five minutes. And then I had to confess to her, I'm sorry I didn't call you directly when you lost your father. I put it on Facebook, and I thought that was good enough. That wasn't good enough. That was not good enough. That's why Jesus in the Bible says, when you go to do communion, and you realize there's something that you have against somebody, put down your love offering right there. You still stick it there before God on the altar, because that love offering is something that you're putting down as collateral to go take care of what you need to do. 
And then you correct yourself and be in true communion with those around you who you have an issue with. You cannot be one with God with giving God a gift if you're not one with your man who you're one with. Or your fellow man or fellow woman is what I mean. So I had to put that offering down before I could even do this and say, God, prepare me to be worthy of giving this to you in truth, which is presenting my talk to you guys. That's my love offering, presenting my talk to you guys. But in the sacredness of knowing that I have walked what I'm telling you guys, that I know you can walk because I've done it. So wherever it is that you need to go deeper, join me. Go in your life. Find those areas where you know God can be your strength. And it's the parts that hurt and still, it's got still an issue there. Pull God out of it. God is always in it. God is always in it. Doesn't matter if you've been hurt, if you've been abused. That's why Joyce Meyer, who always talks about her abuse, can do this. Because she faced it and pulled the God out of the situation and became the spiritual truth of it. Used that spiritual strength and she walks in it. And anybody else, any other thing in your life that needs to be healed, it could be anything, something that seems little but is still bothering you is not little. It needs to be healed. God is my strength, together. God is my strength. One more time. God is my strength. And we know we do it in threes. God is my strength. Do you believe that? Yes? Yes. Reverend Ernestine Griffin says, and I love what she says. You know you've heard, fake it till you make it. She says, faith it until you make it. So say it to yourself over and over again, because faith comes by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. And the word of God is your strength. Every time you say, I am, like if you say, I am strong together, I am strong. The moment you say I am, you've tapped into God and you've tapped into the strength and you are that spirit of whatever it is you say after I am. I want you guys to walk this with me. We're going to walk this year in our, in our story, finding the truth where we can and being the spiritual light, the spiritual strength of it. And this is going to be awesome because I promise you that this. The reason why it's growing again is because you're honest about it. You're honest about what you genuinely want from this spiritual family, and you're stepping into helping yourself to be it. And we're growing it together because we're walking in the spirit of the strength of God. Does it make sense? And let's continue to do that, okay? Okay? All right, that's it. You're the king of everything The one who taught the wind to sing The voice of the rhythm my heart keeps beating They say you can bring the dead to life And you can make the fear to life And you can be the hope my soul's been seeking I want to tell you now that I believe it I want to tell you now that I believe it I do that you can make me new 